0: Alright, if you have your copies, we're going to be digging deeper. And uh, we're going to be looking into this text here. And in fact, let's go ahead and just hit that button here for a moment. Here is our text for uh, this. really this week. We've been in here Wednesday, Sunday morning, and now tonight. So as you look at that text there, um, what are some observations, applications, or thoughts that uh, maybe you remember, maybe in your own studies, Maybe something that hit you fresh, or you just want to kind of share that uh, you learned. And we do have some mics, I believe. Where are the mics? We got Pastor Jason over here, and we got Pastor Dave here, flanking right and left. Um, so if you were, are willing, and I, and I hope you are, because um, I have a funeral tomorrow for our dear sister Lois. So if you are brief, we will be brief tonight. All right. But anyone here, observations, thoughts, things that stuck stuck out to you, yes, right over here, and then um, we'll go with someone else as well. I was uh, I was amazed this morning that I've always been under the understanding if you travel in a group, if one gets caught, the whole group goes, mm-hmm. but in the group of four, only half of them got taken, Yeah, and not the group, so that surprised yeah. me. Yeah, these Jews. Yeah, uh, the yes. two. Amen, all right, thank you for that. Anyone else? These bifocals are going bye-bye i can't see (laughs) all right anyone else observations things that you learned yes faith it's interesting that they didn't have any concern for the girl at all Mm -hmm. like they were paul and silas were concerned about her because they didn't want the evil spirit to be in her but they didn't like she's not even mentioned like they weren't they were only concerned about losing money yeah You're, you're talking about the owners of the slave girl yes which is so inconsistent with our culture today where money is not important. (laughs) You know, I'm just, I'm relating to you, Faith. Yes, yes. All right, thank you for that. Absolutely. Anyone else? Anyone on this side? It can be on this side as well. Observations? Things that caught your attention? Maybe personal applications? All right, we got Laura over here. So far, three to zero. Laura, what do you got? Just a... You know, the three points you made, but the one that God does not depend on our, um, praising God does not depend on our circumstances. Hmm. And obviously, thinking of what they went through, nothing we're going through is like that, but still, it's like, it's really hard to do that sometimes. Yes, extremely hard. you're very disappointed or whatever. Mm -hmm. All right, excellent point. Thank you, Laura, and we're going to go right down the aisle here, four to nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Lucas, what do you got, my friend? Uh, it says, like, the crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrate tore their robes off of them. It kind of reminds me of, you know, Jesus' crucifixion where, you know, it was the kangaroo court where all the Jews were all dramatic and stuff, and they were outraged, and the high priest tore his robes, you know, the highest form of blasphemy. You know, like, Huzzah! Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. all the way to what was that last word you used huzzah Huzzah. yes where's what movie is that from okay all right it is never mind i'm not going there but okay anyone else thoughts observations applications um we have zach over here and then we have the gentleman in the ugliest shirt possible (laughs) go green okay so we're gonna need a mic over here next but zach what do you got so in all of this, we have Paul and Silas had acted. They, you know, ordered the unclean spirit out of the girl. But then from there on until they get to prison, we don't actually hear from Paul and Silas. Mm-hmm. We don't hear them protesting my rights mm-hmm. through all of this. Because in large part, A, either Luke doesn't, Luke's like it doesn't matter because the mob's against them. Or B, they honestly didn't make a defense, defense mm-hmm. of themselves. Because they weren't—it wasn't them that they needed to defend. They needed to defend Christ, mm-hmm. and by and large, the crowd is largely just against them. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. I was interested in that uh, Paul, being a Roman citizen, worked for him until the road to Damascus. Then Austin, being a Roman citizen, Austin didn't mean anything, mm-hmm. even though. Culture says it is important that being a Roman citizen, he wasn't supposed to be, or these things weren't supposed to happen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone, Uh, Dave. I have the mic, so I'll just use it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the last line there, and the prisoners were listening to them. Just the fact that they had an opportunity to praise God and people around them heard it. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't just a matter of, it was important that they were praising god for themselves but just the testimony that that was to people around them too mm-hmm. amen it's a very convicting sentence for me did i'm oh, sorry go ahead jason did you someone no i was about to go give it to patty and then you, yeah you said not, let's, something let's not do that okay all right um patty's done for the night no i'm teasing <laughs> go ahead and go there but i found that to be a very convicting sentence to me um my unsafe friends um, have, have said to me sometimes some of the poorest responses we've seen over the last few years have come from the church. And in some ways, they were right. Some ways, they just didn't understand. But, yeah, it's a very convicting sentence for me. They're listening. They're watching. Um, Patty. Well, um, in thinking about them singing when they were in so much pain... And couldn't go anywhere and in the dark and all of that. You know, it reminds me that, um, hmm. you know, some, sorry. Take your time. I wasn't emotional when I started. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes in our own lives, things get so bad. There's a sense in which that is all you can do. Hmm. You know, um, it's like you can't fix the problem, you know, that kind of thing. So sometimes that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Patty. And with Patty, that's four to four. We do not count Dave. Um, so anyone else? Observations, applications, maybe some personal convictions, anything at all. Uh, Jason, your bride over there. Has this is going to be the best comment all night. Here, <laughs> I know. We'll probably just close in a word of prayer after this. Well, I was going to start with the fact that I thought we were ending in a strange place when you gave us a text this morning, uh-huh. but it made perfect sense when we came to the end of verse 25 and, and with Dave and with Patty that um, sometimes all you can do and then thinking about the prisoners, unbelievers listening to them, but when we praise God in darkness, sometimes it strengthens the faith of other believers. I had a really dark season, and I just remember talking to a friend who was walking through intense suffering physically, emotionally on every front. And as she talked about God's goodness, I just kept thinking, yes, I still believe that too. Yes, I still believe that too. And her praise and her darkness strengthened my faith as a believer as well. People are always listening. Amen. You're right, Jason. So far, that's been the best one. You see my leadership in the home and what <laughs> under the ministry of Brad Allen Boomsman. Yeah, that is <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> Teasing. All right, five to four. Seriously though. Let's pick it up on the left here, which is your right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Observations, thoughts? Personal convictions, anything at all? Go on once. Go on twice. All right, let's take a look at this passage here together. We'll open in a brief word of prayer, and then we're just going to kind of break a little bit of this apart again. Gracious Father, uh, we are dependent upon your Holy Spirit to understand anything here. Um, We ask that you would help us to understand what you meant to communicate to us. And while it's tempting, Father, to say, What does this passage mean to me? May our hearts be set on what this on what you want did this passage to mean to us um, what you meant to say father we, we love you, we glorify you in Christ's name amen. all right, here we go um, it started out by saying here they seized Paul and Silas yeah, there it is. they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace. Before the authorities. I kind of wanted to start out on just kind of a scraping the surface here just a little bit. And if you think about it, in fact, ugly shirt here. I'm sorry. I'm teasing you because it's it's Michigan State. No, this is more of an agricultural shirt. That is more, you know, of parole um, colored shirt. But I forget. Remind me of your name. Jim, I knew that, Jim. Like Jim kind of brought up what Paul used to do versus where he is now. Things have kind of come full circle for Paul here. If you look at that green, green, but we can't get away from it this morning, all right? The the green area there. The reason I say this, because before Paul's conversion, he made a career of dragging men and women to the authorities and putting them in prison. This is what he did before Christ got a hold of him. We find that in Acts chapter 3, or Acts chapter 8, verse 3. And just a little note here the marketplace in Philippi here was a place in Roman culture. It was the social center of the city the social center of the city, and it is here that the judges or the magistrates would sit on slightly elevated um, platforms, and they would judge civil and legal cases in the marketplace here. Now, one of the, as I see here, Paul is the one being dragged in at this time, and my mind just goes, and I know this is a little bit surface, but I'm going to bring it up briefly here, goes to some secondary thoughts and applications Which is, be careful to say the words, that would never happen to me. That would never happen to me. Or, here's the words. Parents, do you remember when you were young and you first had children? And in, in your ignorance that you thought was wisdom, you said the words, that will never happen with my children. My children will never do that. Or I will never do that. What ends up happening? Talk to me. It's exactly what ends up happening. Just kind of want to throw those thoughts out there. They kind of come back to bite. If there's one thing I've learned as I'm slowly approaching 50, I think my next one's 48, but as I'm approaching that, here it is. I need to learn to shut my mouth and I need to learn to be careful because everything comes around. Now, since we peeled off just the surface here, I want to point out some culture in this time that has made it all the way into our times. There's some culture from here that's made it all the way into our times. The policemen at this time that are going to beat Paul and Silas, in fact we see the words there, beaten with rods, the policemen that beat them are called lictors. You'll find them in verses 35 through 38 and it is where we get the phrase, come and get your licks, all right, or get your licks. Now, those of you who are old, first of all, though, how many here have ever heard that phrase in our day and age? You come and get your licks. What does it mean? Talk to me. Anyone at all? What's that? Yeah, you're going to get your beating. But you're going to get your beating that what? Anyone at all? What's that? Mm hmm. Yeah. Come get the licks you got coming to you. Yeah, you deserved it. That's kind of where we get, well, exactly where we get this. They're called lictors, and they were the, uh, under the authority of the magistrates there in the, the civic center, if you will. And it was here, we get that phrase, and each lictor, by the way, carried, now this is ironic, okay? They carried a, a bundle of rods tied together. Now, this is where things are going to get a little ironic, okay? So there's these skinny little rods, and they bundled them together. In fact, the word rods here, if we were to circle that, these rods here, here's the ironic part here, symbolized Rome's dedication to law and justice. Rome's, okay, Don, you're laughing, all right? And as a nerd who speaks in nerd laugh, what, what is going through your mind there? It's the opposite. Which incidentally, aren't you thankful that's not true of our government today as well? You know, I don't know about you, but when government says we are going to do something, buckle up for what? Anyone? Affordable Care Act. Freedom of Information Act. If you want a lot of black lines, all right? On and on it goes. It... They were rods tied together that symbolized Romans' dedication to law and justice. And as Don brought up, which is exactly the opposite of what Paul and Silas are experiencing here, as Luke and Timothy do not. It only adds insult to an already egregious injury. Adding even more insult to what Paul has... has, I'm sorry, here, I want to make sure. Adding even more insult is by the way, Paul has been beaten with these specific rods, bundles of rods bound together to symbolize law and justice. He has been beaten by these things three times. We find that in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 25. Now, if you were beaten three times with a symbol of law and justice, would you not have a kind of a sour taste of what Rome calls law and justice at this time? I think we would. I think we have it in our day and age as well. So just some irony there and some background information that, that put a little smile on our face as we move into what's going on here. Now Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And we talked about that beautiful ending there. And the prisoners were listening in on what they were doing. Now, we touched on this briefly this morning about how it was not that their injustice or trials or pain didn't matter, but that God mattered more. But as I continued through my reading, even after I got the morning done, I came across another thought that I thought I would share with you tonight, even though we did touch on this, and I'll do this quickly. It is a similar of thought. In fact, I think, Laura, you brought it up, that circumstances aren't what determine whether or not we praise God. I'm going to bring this up. It's similar but different. So I'm just going to say it and let let it take root in your heart and mind and, and allow you to apply it the way the Holy Spirit may be impressing it upon your hearts. And it is this. Paul and Silas did not base their theology on their circumstances. Here it is. Instead, they evaluated those circumstances in light of what they knew was true about God. They evaluated the circumstances as horrendous as they were right now. Now, I know many of you, and many of you know me. And I know some of you are in valleys. You know I've gone through valleys. All of us are going through broken times in our lives. All of us have times where we are a mess or we are hurt. So this goes for all of us here that we can apply. Instead of evaluating our circumstances... All right? See, instead of evaluating those circumstances, I've got to read this. Paul and Silas did not base their theology on their circumstances, but evaluated their circumstances in light of their theology and what they knew about God. And in light of that, they sang and praised God. Paul brought this up in some of the songs that we sang tonight. Now, we talked about this a little bit, about singing and praying in this morning's message. And I said something that may have sounded a bit presumptuous. Um, But I think the text bears it out clearly and in it contains some application for us. So we said two things about this this morning. Number one, they were likely not praying to be set free. They were likely not praying to be set free or to be rescued in the way that that we would think about it. But rather were giving thanksgiving and claiming the promises of God. So we'll break that open in a little bit. But secondly, because they were praying and singing it is likely that they were singing and praying through the Psalms. All right, Every commentary I read on this issue brought that up over and over and over again, especially with their Jewish background, their teaching. The Psalms of David, while he was being persecuted or or, or treated unfairly, these are some Psalms that they would have sang and praised. So I want to look at both of these here for a moment this evening, and then we'll end with them as well. So not praying to be rescued or released, and they are praying through the Psalms, which was almost a certainty. So let's look at the first one. They were not praying to be released, okay? At least not in this particular circumstances. How do we know that? Well, first let me say, I'm not ready to die on this hill, all right? I'm not going to go up to heaven and go, are you kidding me? I thought this was, you know, ironclad proof here. But I want to bring this up. And I want to bring it up by asking you a question. All right? Put yourself in their cell. Put yourself in the wood stocks. And the wood stocks spread your feet as far as you can get them. So it's hard to sit and it's hard to stand and it's tearing up your back. All of that. Just kind of put yourself there. Let me ask you this question. If you were praying to be rescued, if you were praying to be released, and God sent an earthquake. Which, by the way, in this polytheistic culture, always represented an act of God. Okay? It always represented an act of God. So imagine that culture going through the jailer's mind during this time. We'll be talking about that next time we are together. Where he goes, what must I do to be saved? And how all of that culture is going into here. And Paul uses it as an opportunity to share the gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That wonderful verse. If you were praying to be rescued and released uh, uh, and be released and God sent an earthquake that specifically opened the doors and, and set you free and your shackles and your, your woodstocks excuse me, fall off, and this happened to you and you were praying to be rescued, what would you do when those things fell off your arms and the gates went open? What would you do? Talk to me. Run, flee run for the hills, praising God for what? Answered what? Prayer. But take a look at this. Look what Paul and Silas do. They cry out with a loud voice. Here it is, being completely free. They cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself. We haven't gone anywhere. Now, if they were praying to be released and to, to, to be rescued, I don't know about you, but I'm running during this opportunity. Why are they still there? Why are they still there? Well, that's going to kind of bleed into what they were singing and what they were praying and what they were praising. They seem, But here's something really interesting. Not only are they still there, but it seems to impress within the text that they convinced other prisoners not to run as well. We are here and the others as well. Now, I don't know about you, but Paul and Silas, if you want to stay, good for you. Happy Turkey Day. You know, God bless you. But if you are not a follower of Jesus and an earthquake happens, which in your day and age means one of your deities is acting, what are you going to do? Talk to me. You're going to run. But they convinced them to stay. Here's my point. Based on what happens here, I think it is most probable that Paul and Silas were praying that God would use this situation to further the gospel and to grow them spiritually. Use this situation, Lord, for the furtherance of the gospel and to grow us. Paul knew full well, which by the way, Paul knew full well that God could have prevented them from being beaten. You know, it's not like they're about to have a bad day. It's not like they're about to have bad things and they're praying, Lord, deliver us from, from difficult situations. They're in the difficult situation. Their backs are screaming. Their ankles are crying. The ra- All that we talked about this morning. They knew that God could have, could have rescued them from being beaten and thrown into prison in the first place. But God chose to let them go through this. Think about that. God... Purposely allows you to go through this. You fill in the this. You're not there on accident. The idea that an atom drifts in this universe without the express permission, foresight, and sovereignty of God is laughable. They allowed God allowed them to go through this. God is allowing you to go through this, and they trusted God was using their pain grab that God is using their pain their trials to to, to further his divine plan and look what happened: many will be saved, and not only will they be saved, but if we get all the way into verses you know thirty five through forty, they actually are introduced to Lydia in the household. Which which blows my mind. The early church, this isn't my notes, so I hope I can say this rationally. Because I'm only as smart as whatever I've written in front of me at the time. But the first church in Philippi is not a bunch of seminary grads. Are you following me here? We have Lydia, who sells purple from Asia. right, Who is a God-fear, a Gentile. We likely, although unspoken, I admit, have a former demon-possessed slave girl, all right, as the next convert in Philippi. After that, we have a prisoner. or No, a Roman guard. And likely some prisoners. Think of the makeup of that early church. And he used their pain and their difficulty to get there. Alright? Here's what I want to try and get to here. Many are saved. And why are they saved? Here it is. Because Paul's number one priority was not to escape difficulty, but to honor God in it. His number one priority was not to escape difficulty, but to honor God in it and grow. Here's our question. What is our first response? What is our, um, what is our first response or question when we go through painful time, times that God allow, allows I'm not saying that we should not pray for deliverance i 'm not saying that they prayed that all the time i'm not saying that we shouldn't petition God. We are invited to bring our caste and our our cares and anxieties to god i'm just saying that maybe our prayers should be more than just that. Maybe our prayers should be more than just rescue me and why and deliver, but maybe Our trials are part of God's plan to bring far more than what ease, comfort, and sunny days could ever bring or teach us. They don't leave. Number two, what were they praying? What were they singing? What were they rejoicing in? Well, we do not know it word for word. We don't. All right? Which is interesting. This is a summary by Luke of all that happened and that famous verse believe in the believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved is a wonderful verse but it's a summary of all that paul said by the way and if you could affirm this belief does have a definition amen it's just not some intellectual i believe in jesus In fact, we find within the text that that Paul literally unpacks the truths of Scriptures to everyone that is there. He unpacks them. And so what we have here is a condensed version of all that he said. And it's summarized with the word, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. We'll touch on that next time we are together, which will be November. All right, I'm teasing. So what are they praying? What are they singing? All right. Psalms gives us a good idea of what other prisoners were listening in on in their condition and we're going to close with this and the two psalms that came up the most in my studies were these here psalms chapter 37 4 through 6 which is which is titled in at least my bible security to those who trust in god when they are afflicted by wicked people huh that that seems like that would fit the context of what they're going through I don't have room up there to put the words in, all right? Um, Let's see here. But I'll read them to you. Here it is. Imagine them singing this at midnight in pain in the dark. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Which, by the way, if you are delighting yourselves in the law of the Lord, tell me what will become the desire of your heart. Talk to me. Who will it be? Christ. Christ will become. the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your judgment as the noonday. But the, the psalm that came up the most was Psalms chapter 34. Imagine this being sung, okay? O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Can you hear Paul and Silas singing this in prison? As as they are inflicted with all of this, this hurt. I sought the Lord and He answered me. Listen to these words. And delivered me from all my fears. No fear of death here. They looked to Him and they were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. They're in stocks. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and rescues them. Listen to these last few words of psalm chapter thirty four i oh, 'll taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord in the middle of the storm. Can you imagine as prisoners listening to that and they 're singing it in fact, tonight we are going to close um, Um, with a, a, a YouTube of Psalms chapter 34, just set to Scripture word for word. And I'm going to dismiss you. You don't have to sit here and listen to it. But it's going to be plain after you are dismissed. And if you are able or if you desire, just tune your ear into what these words are and imagine them being sung in the prison. Which, by the way, I want to end with this. Do you know, because I didn't until this week, and maybe you have, I don't know, I have read in my studies an interesting fact. Do you know what the single most frequent command is in all of the Bible? Of all the commands in the Bible, does anyone know what the number one command is in the Bible? Anyone at all? Sing. Huh. Boy, we got that wrong a little bit as Baptists here and there, didn't we? We we we've made commands uh prior you ever notice we kind of elevate what's important to us? You want to know what's important to God? Your worship. Our worship. Sing unto the Lord. Sing unto him a new song. The most repeated command in the entire Bible is sing. So, with all this being said, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the edge of that page. And we're going to do what we've done many, many months and years in the past. We're going to let just the pure text go up there and let the pure text do the speaking as all of the context just floods in as we read it. All right. So here's what we have. Paul rebukes the demon because Satan is artfully aligning with the gospel in a way to distort it, which the church today is biting hook, line, and sinker. And we are slowly becoming a gospel that offers everything but the way of salvation. And when their master saw that Paul had touched the greatest of their gods money and culture, and that all their profit is gone, they seized the Jews because Timothy and Luke really didn't matter, and they had a hate for them, and they dragged them into the marketplace for the authorities were there. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these filthy men are throwing our city in confusion. They are they are touching our culture because, boy, that's really the most important thing, isn't it? And by the way, they're Jews. And by the way, they are breaking one of the tenets. They are proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or observe because we are Romans, because Jews are not allowed to proselyze. And the crowd, in their hatred, rose up against these two. And the chief magistrates, whether they could stop it or not stop it, or they joined in, or whatever the case, they tore the robes off of them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with the very symbol of law and justice. And when they had struck them with many blows... They threw them into the inner prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received this command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in these torturous wooden stocks. Not too long later, these objects of horrible racism, bigotry and anger, who had all of their rights trampled on began praying and singing hymns of praise to God for He is good taste taste and see that the Lord is good we started not too long ago in the middle of it we said sometimes God brings us through this Whatever that this is. In the middle of this, because of His divine plan, can we say, taste and see that the Lord is good? They did here. And by the way, that is so important. Because everyone is watching. Everyone is listening. And how we respond to the truth we say we believe in is far greater than any amount of memorization we could trumpet. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for teaching us the importance of responding right when we are wronged. Help us to joyfully sing taste and see that you are good in the in the deepest part of the valleys and lord we are thankful that you don't leave us there that you bring us beside still waters that you do prepare a table in the presence of our enemy and that because of you surely in goodness follow us we don't have to pursue it it pursues us dismiss us with your blessing it's in christ's name we pray Amen. As you're dismissed, this is just going to be playing. um, But please feel free to talk with one another. And uh, God bless you.